Hi, my name is Brian Donovan, and uh, I'm from Los Angeles, California, originally Buffalo, New York. And I'm on the Special Chronicles podcast uh, because I made a film called Kelly's Hollywood about my little sister and I. This is Special Chronicles, giving respect and a voice to people with special needs. This episode 181 is brought to you by listeners like you. Coming up on this week's show, we're podcasting live from the Chicago premiere of Cowie's Hollywood with director Brian Donovan. So stay tuned to hear the live question and answer. I shudder thinking how the world can be so cruel. I lend my voice to those who care. You're listening to the Special Chronicles Podcast. This is a show where podcasting disability or disability stories from an insider's perspective. You're giving a voice to people with special needs. Hello, everybody. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Welcome back to the Special Chronicles Podcast Show. My name is Daniel, and I'm your host, and I'm the founder of Special Chronicles. So good to be back behind the mic. And and, and today, Actually, uh, last week we were at the uh, Chicago premiere of Cowie's Hollywood, and if you missed hearing about uh, the, this film, I'm uh, back on episode uh, 67, I believe it is. Let me look at my notes somewhere here. Yes, 167, that was when Brian was on at the end of last year. Um, so you, you, you can go back uh, in the archives on, on specialchronicles.com. But um, anyways, for this week's episode 181, was so uh, such an honor to um, in- introduce Brian uh, at the uh, Tivoli Theater in Donald Grove, Illinois, and 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 I uh, hope that you guys um, will gain um, some more perspectives um, from this film. And if and if you've not seen it and and would would like to, we am highly highly recommend that you go check out. Uh, Brian's film, Colors Hollywood, that he made about his sister who has Down Syndrome. So definitely go and, and check out this film. And uh, now uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy the uh, live question and answer to the, from the Chicago premiere of Colors Hollywood. Right here on the Special Chronicles podcast show on specialchronicles.com. Awesome. Please check out if you don't know 
talked about Chicago. And anyway, uh, long story short, we're all here because Daniel and then he got together with Leanne and his teachers from, uh, I want to say this correctly because these are such long names, but District High School Community 201. <laughs> um, and then Mike, thank you so much for Mike's from uh, Community High School District 99. And, uh, and Matt from CISFAR and Karen from Special Olympics Illinois. Uh, these were the groups that really rallied to make this happen. Uh, and then, uh, typically, I mean, this is incredible. I mean, uh, so if you've never been here before, I'm not. Uh, these are rare, as you can imagine, across the country. So this is just a stunning venue uh, to have the film for me. Uh, and hopefully for all of you, you've been introduced to Downers Grove so thank you Shirley who's the owner of the Tivoli and also Linda who's the general manager today who's hosted us so thank you to the uh, You know what's so cool I had the fortune of uh, showing the film at uh, Quickly Play Schools and in fact junior highs too and even elementary schools I don't show them all the film <laughs> for the little third fourth graders but, um, but uh, you know I have I had the fortune of speaking you know, around the country and we hope to continue doing that. Uh, and one of the things I talk about a lot is uh, your vibration in the world. And I tell them the story about how I, I love water um, and I'm not a big swimmer necessarily, but I love to kind of play dead and float there. <laughs> you can just, you know, kind of see the movies and TV shows and there's a dead body and it's like, ah. And um, so much so that someone actually tried to save me once. But, so I just kind of float there and I just love the, the stillness of it, the quiet, and um, just the floating. Uh, and but one day, I opened my eyes in the water, and I, I just couldn't believe it. I was seeing it was so cold. It was like these, these rings pulsating uh, in my body. And it was kind of like the old you know, sonar thing, a little bit, you know. And it was so cold, and it was this little ripple just coming from my body. And it's you know, coming. But quite obviously, it was my heartbeat. And it was Anyway, uh, I tell that story because I, I like to remind kids, but all of us really, uh, and my sister personified more than anyone in the world, that's why I made a movie about it, that we're constant vibration, we're constantly this energy, and we have a choice every day of where we direct it, harness it, if we choose good versus evil, uh, you know, whatever. And um, it's just an important thing to remember, and that's why we're all here, you know, because of my sister's vibration, and that vibration led to another vibration and another person. Finally, with Daniel and his vibration, to reach out and, um, you know, and now we're here today. So it's a pretty incredible thing, and um, it's just a nice, nice to remember that, that, uh, that we really are here for a reason. Sometimes we don't always know, and that changes throughout our lives, but you know, we really are here for a reason, and, uh, and we're all these wonderful creatures and individuals. And, uh, anyway, so there's that. Uh, but really, I, I'll answer anything uh, about the film, about filmmaking. Uh, some of the themes that came up in the movie. Um, I can tell you stories about my cartoon. Um, you know, whatever. Uh, or we can all leave and eat more popcorn. Yes? You know, I, I, I should actually defer because there's uh, Katie Driscoll's here. Well, I wanted to mention, I apologize because I, I was. You were at the top of my list. Katie Driscoll's a parent. Um, she's a parent of uh, a ton of boys and a lovely daughter, Grace, who's back there. And she started an organization called Changing the Face of Beauty. And again, thank you. 
know, Katie, again, personifies that too. Like she, she, she saw a need in the world and, and she ran with it and created this incredible vibration that's literally changed our world and our country and uh, the appetite that we see. Um, and she can talk about more of that. I encourage you to find to change in the face of beauty uh, and going to her site too. Um, but, you know, we, she basically saw there was, you know, there were people with special needs in our commercials and, and things like that. And she said, this is not, this isn't cool. Uh, so she's made a huge effort to change that and has changed that. But I go back full circle. She's a, she's a parent. Uh, I am a parent, too. Uh, and my, some things have changed. I had two small boys, you know, a three-year-old and one-year-old. Um, you know, it's cliche to some degree. There's two things I'll say about it. But just being a human being, uh, it's just love, you know, love, love your kid, you know, as much as you possibly can, and, and, you know, you need to have bad days, I mean, it's funny, because before I was a parent, I actually thought I had a lot of patience, you know, I was, you know, I put myself in the category of a really patient guy, and now I have kids, I'm like, I'm not so patient, <laughs> you know, I mean, they test you every single moment, every single day, and it brings up a lot of stuff, um, but, you know, I always come back to love, um, and my sister taught me that, and I, you know, I carried that through my, my parenting. Um, I didn't do everything right. I didn't do everything right with my sister. I'm not doing everything right as a parent. But if I come back to love, and that's my foundation, and, and where I start, and where I finish every day, then that's pretty good. Um, and the other thing, uh, and I say this to siblings a lot, because you know, they get a lot of sibling questions. Um, apparently, too, I think it's important um, that we hold on to our own dreams, too. You know, And I struggled with that. I made a movie about that struggle, and, and created my, you know, pursued my own selfish dreams. Um, but really, what it comes back to is that you have to be a full person, you know, yourself, before you can give back anything. Um, and though I struggled with that, um, it will make me peaceful on my deathbed, because I have found peace in the fact that I gave my sister so much more by pursuing my own dreams than I would have had I stayed in Buffalo and did something else, you know? And, I mean, I would have given her, a, a, whatever, I would have given her something else, but I certainly wouldn't have been able to What made you, I mean, gosh, you have footage from years ago. I mean, what, how did you conceptualize this project? I mean, how did it, did you always know you were going to make a movie about your sister, or was you know, I actually get that question a lot because, you know, I was very lucky to have this sprinkling, you know, goth film of different moments in our life. And very early on, and now, of course, everyone documents everything. So, you know, right. this is before that. You know, because we document everything from birth on. But, um, you know, I was so fortunate. Uh, that my dad, he only had about 43 minutes of the old Super 8 stuff. And he wasn't a filmmaker, he wasn't, you know, he had a little Super 8 camera. And he took about 43 minutes. Well, about 38 and a half minutes of that was complete docking. Um, you know, nothing. You know, it was just like flare off. You know, it's horrible. Um, but there were about four minutes of just this golden footage, you know. And and so that was my launching pad, certainly for the, the childhood stuff. And, and, and I knew it was enough. To kind of place us there and to, to create a foundation to our childhood and our relationship. And then, you know, but of course, you know, two things that come up 
certainly the biggest thing that comes up from a filmmaker, especially documentarians, you know, you kind of work with what you got, you know, and, and so so that, that does shape your story to some degree and kind of dictates, you know, what you know, what you're trying to say, what you're gonna say, and, and then you have these lofty ideas and then you don't really have to put it to support it and you know, vice versa. So you kind of try to beat the middle and go down this path. So a lot of that was, you know, sort of the early stuff. And then I was lucky, you know, I had a very early consumer camera and I came late to follow it, so my sister was, you know, my love, my sibling, my almost, you know, to something in my child, certainly shooting her. I just love capturing her moments. And, uh, so that some of that footage was, um, I think there's some, a sprinkle of 94, 98, but it wasn't really until 2001-ish uh, that I was like, uh, you know, I started shooting it more regularly. And then in 2003 to 4, um, I thought, you know, there's something here, you know, and because I live in Hollywood and I'm, you know, an actor, I mean, you know, I'm constantly thinking, you know, filmmaking and stuff. And so, you know, it, it didn't mean much to me at the time. I just thought, oh, I'm going to shoot with a little more intent, maybe, you know, um, and us. And, and then, yeah, 2003, 2004, I, I got a little more serious about, you know, making a documentary. Uh, and then when we did the last show, um, someone had suggested or really encouraged me to shoot through cameras really cheap and so thank God, you know, because that was really, when, when I did that and I realized that, you know, I had these kind of these pearls that I never you know, could take us down the path, that was really the culmination in a lot of ways, not only of, of that show and our pursuit of this dream, but, you know, our lives together, you know, this celebration. Um, and so I knew that, you know, kind of get us there and then I just had to figure out all the other stuff uh, in the middle. And then, of course, you know, I never meant this as a post-mortem piece at all. I mean, it hadn't even crossed my mind. Like, you know, I started posting up when my sister was alive, uh, and so when she passed away, um, you know, needless to say, I was devastated for years, and so I shelved the whole thing for about two years. And then that little voice that says, you know, get back in there and make it happen, uh, you know, just kind of get a lot and louder, and so I just came back to it. And it's from that point on, it took me another year and a half, I guess. And then it took me, uh, this just filmmaker crap, but it took me about, uh, a year of just producerial stuff, being licensing, and you know, you saw the long list. It wasn't quite the Titanic's credits, but you know, <laughs> you know, it's a lot to make a film, and, and you know, you gotta get, you know, you gotta make sure everything's, you know, accounted for and licensing and contracts. And you know, the music, even though I have just a few big boy cues, BGs don't come cheap or easy. Yeah. And uh, you know, it took me nine months to get that one. To well, I, I officially have it, but I'm still uh, getting the paperwork for Cool Ride and that song from Greece too, you know, because Michelle Pfeiffer is a screen actor, still an actress, I had to get special permission from her, and I had, you know what I mean, so there's all that stuff too, um, you know, it's the drag, but you know, it's part of the deal. Um, but yeah, so it took many years, it took many years, many years from start to finish. The idea really to make a documentary is 2003, 2004. Very long answers, sorry. No, no, no. Yes, I can. All the memories. Um, yes? I would like to thank you for doing that. Thank you. Thinking of the people with Down syndrome, there's only so much they can learn. So the fact that you taught her love is, is a very beautiful thing. And when they're sent to an institution, thank God for the mom, because you know, they, they're such an institution, they're kind of lost. You know, so yeah. being in a family is really nice. We have a friend who had the same thing.
brought her daughter home, Jenny, I think she was the eighth child. And she was in all her sister's weddings and babysits, you know, in the model, she works in jewel and, you know, bags things. But if she were an institution, you know, it's not the same as being in the local So thank you. And I, I invited them to come today, but um, they were going to visit one of their other daughters in another part of the country, so they would be able to come. But this is very beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and I also, I would like to have told that my husband died this morning, and he was going to come with us, but, the, you know, he's at the funeral home now, so my son and I did come in. that we love, and then that will, you know, because that's all I really try to do ever, 
you know, with my sister, uh, going back to my sister, just put her in a room with me. And then let people experience my sister for who she was. Um, and then they forgot all about the other stuff, you know? And I think that's what I'm trying to do with the film now. And that's what Katie's doing with her amazing organization that's created this amazing ripple that is changing. You know, we are creating more awareness, but as you said earlier, as we met, you know, before the film started, you know, there still has to be action. We still need, you know, we still need Congress to pass things. I mean, you know, there's still stuff on the books that would make you crazy. You know, it's, it's, you know, we made huge strides, certainly since 1969 and earlier. You know, look at statistically, you know, the difference just in the IQ level of some that spent their life in an institution and have Down syndrome, maybe just like my sister, and the IQ of someone that was raised by a family. It's still talking 20, 30 points, you know, talking. 49 IQ versus a 69 IQ. Just, that's just from love and nurture. You know, like, we just continue that, you know, and get, you know, create action in the world, you know, getting more, you know, people with special needs in commercials so people can see them. So when they see them all over the world, it's not all of a sudden, oh, wow, someone with special needs, or oh, wow, someone with special needs, it's, oh, wow, someone with special needs, or, you know what I mean? It's just, it's natural, it's normal. Um, and then we can go from there. We've done amazing things. I mean, there's more integration in schools, more integrations, you know, when you go to Starbucks, and you know, whereas my sister would relegate to a, a workshop and an assembly line, essentially, you know, and uh, so we have made strides, but there's certainly a lot more to do, and, and uh, I think it's, you know, it's, it's up to all of us, you know, really, at the end of the day, it's up to, you know, we live in a social media world, and it's, it's about, you know, promoting, you know, changing the face of beauty, promoting my film, you know, whatever, uh, these stories, uh, special chronicles, and, we're all doing the work, and we keep doing the work, and that's all we can really ask for. And we hope that the world goes with you, you know, and some won't, some won't. That's okay, you know, that's the world, right? And, uh, you know, we've got to celebrate these, these, these triumphs when we have. And there's a lot to be thankful for, and a lot of attitudes, in a sense. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
got a great story, and then you got a free story. But the audience really typically can't handle a C and a D story, you know, even though sometimes you think you can, some people can, but it doesn't really work because it, it just feels a little clunky. You're not going down this, you know, this clear path. So I tried to run over, and every time I did, I just, it just felt like you were going off the rails a little bit. I couldn't get them back in comfortably, you know, and, and smoothly. Um, and I didn't have a lot of B-roll, which is supporting footage, um, you know, to, to kind of tell some of these stories, you know. Again, I'm dipping into filmmaker speak, but, um, and also my brother, like my dad, is super shy. I only had one real interview with my brother, and he did. You can believe it, we were sleeping on the floor at the night of uh, the show, like the live show. They were all in LA, you know, um, and I had to blow up that living room with my brother and I and sister sleeping on a big green chair. And uh, I say, you know, I could tell my brother was about to open it, my brother's ever going to be. And I say, hey, can, can I interview you? He's like, yeah, the dark. So I turned on the camera, and you know, talk for an hour in the dark about all these wonderful things. But I didn't have B-roll, I didn't have footage to kind of support, you know, visually what we were really talking about. So it just didn't work. Um, and it was a moment, as I said, you know, really babies, and it's, it's brutal. It's a brutal process. Um, as far as the, the hard events, um, you know, I want to address that in two ways. I mean, first and foremost, we all go through really hard things in life. You know, we all have these incredible stories and, and people that we love. And I was just very lucky to shoot my sister and make a documentary about it. You know, how, you know, life is hard. We have these monumental conflicts and obstacles in our lives, and people pass away get sick and you know we we all try to figure out how to deal with that stuff. Um, you know I think fortunately my family and I were all very close and so we handled it as a family. Um, but you know like in the film, you know, if I my parents of course I wasn't really aware as a young kid, but you know they, they were given that information that, you know, your daughter's timeline's gonna be shorter, you know. And so I think, you know, they hear that up and we were able to understand that so there was all this kind of, you know, taking time clock, which was horrible, but it was also made you appreciate, you know, it's almost like we all knew we got this timeline, you know, we probably all ended up a little bit. I think that was part of my relationship with my sister, you know, in LA. I knew my time was so precious, and so consequently, I kind of, I didn't have the boundaries that maybe I could have or should have, you know, I kind of, it was almost like, you know, we're going to blow it out, she's here, I don't care, kids, you know, time's precious. You know, and, um, but look, hard is hard, you know, it's just you, you, you muddle through it and you do the best you can. I mean, I can tell you that uh, I spent a lot of, when she was sick and after she passed away, um, you know, I spent hours bawling, hours crying, you know, and there was times when I wasn't sure really what my life would look like after my sister, you know, she gave me so much and so much purpose and I wasn't sure, wasn't sure I could do that, you know. And then you then you find it, you know, when life goes on, you find it in other things, and it's growing in your life hurts and amusing and carry on. And you do, and the next next thing you know, uh, just you appreciate the gift that they gave you and then you try to share that gift, you know. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't expect that. But anyway, I hope that answers your question. Yeah. After my dad dies. Yeah. Right. Sure. So I wanted to say it. Carrie's here. I don't know Carrie barely at all. We met last year at the National Health Center Convention. 
go to Mexico. First you have call and lobby, and then there's these fleeting conversations where we exchange information and now she's here. So again, another ripple. Uh, and by reason though, thank you for coming. Um, she said that when her father passed away, she had some signs, um, you know, that reminded her of her dad and things like that. Um, you know, I think you have a lot of signs, but here's the best one, and really the only one I've had, just spectacular, is my oldest son, Remy, who's three years old, has the exact same hair as my sister. And so it's awesome. It's just this great, dirty blonde. And, you know, every time I see my little boy from behind, I'm like, I just go, you know, it's just like this awesome, you know, awesome. So, yeah, that's, you know, that's just great. You know, it's, it's fun, really fun. Yes? At what age did my sister get interested in Hollywood? Um, it happened pretty early on. I mean, you know, my sister was a TV junkie pretty early on, pop culture and stuff. Um, you know, my mom and I did all the time. You know, it wasn't really me that she loved so much. It was the fact that I was her doorkeeper, you know, I can't keep it on. You know what I mean? Um, and, you know, she, she loved me very young, you know. And, you know, we, we grew up, I'm 49, my sister would have been, you know, 47. Um, or 47 July. And, you know, so we grew up watching the love, though, you know, in Fantasy Island, um, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah, she just loved all that stuff. And, you know, when I went to Hollywood, you know, as I said in the film, you know, she wanted to be there, too. I mean, circumstances didn't really allow for that. But, um, you know, but unfortunately, that's changing, too. You know, one of the really cool things that's happened, having made this film, meeting all these people, and we got here today, is, you know, I've, I've actually, um, oddly enough, we've been uh, thrust back into uh, the community, you know, Down syndrome and otherwise, and it's so awesome um, for me, you know, because my sister and I, a lot of ways, we had a very insular world, you know, and, and her, my friends were really her friends, you know, that was our world, especially in Hollywood. But now I'm meeting, you know, wonderful people like Jamie Brewer, who's on American Horror Story, and Lauren Potter, who's on Glee, and, you know, and, and it's changing, man, it's so awesome. Like, you know, these are actresses. You know, living as an actor on shows that they see you. And I'm like, that's amazing, you know? I mean, you know, there was, there was comedy back in the day, but it was such a rare bird. And so, you know, the idea of actually my sister having that opportunity, or real opportunity necessarily, really wasn't available to us, you know, back in the, in the early 90s. And, um, but now it is, you know? You know, they have these dreams, and they, they can happen. Like, I mean, how awesome is that, you know? Um, God, I'm sorry, I didn't know your question. <laughs> Thank you. 
want it. She didn't want to be special. She just wanted to be herself, you know, Hardcore. I have 550 kids, packed, packed, 
Um, and I'm not sure how it's going to go. Uh, and that movie started, and I've worked with high school kids too, and so I know a lot of these things go. Typically, it's like, can I go to the bathroom? And you know, it's just, it's just man music, especially in this last one. And you can hear, yeah, for 18 minutes, you'll feature the whole thing. And pretty two minutes we get a pink job. And then afterwards, 550 kids stood up, they made a standing ovation for 10 minutes. Like it was phenomenal. And I was, of course, bedazzled. It was my greatest dream come true, you know? And, and not only is that exciting because you got 14 to, or whatever, 13 to 18 year olds carrying on now this message. Um, if you ask me, so have you heard feedback? Yes. Fortunately, um, teachers, uh, especially at that school, uh, a few of them audio tapes, uh, you know, feedback. They did, you know, rap sessions with the kids afterwards, asked them, you know, questions and what have you. Um, and it was amazing, you know. I mean, some of the things that you would you would expect, maybe. Um, but one of the things that was really gratifying for me in general, that came up a lot, was not only did it did a lot of them say it made me want to be a better person, but it made me want to be a better citizen. Like, and how amazing is that? Because, you know, as a teenager, you're about as selfish as you can get, right? I mean, let's be honest. But this comes from territory. You know, you have this little world, and it's big, and, but you, you know, it's all about you at that age, and it shouldn't be. And that's part of the, the passage, the writing passage. But, but for a kid who articulate that, to say that, maybe you want to look outside of yourself, maybe you want to love more, be a better person, love my city more. Um, awesome. I mean, what, what an awesome thing. And what I know, kid, one kid raised his hand amongst all his peers and said, um, and said, uh, he basically said, what do you think your sister would have thought? And I thought, oh, what a provocative question for a young 16-year-old kid. You go, wow, thinking about how my sister would feel. And just, it was just beautiful. One after another, it was kind of, you know, one of those examples. Um, another young girl at, a, at, a, at another speaking that I had, she was 11 years old and said, she raised her hand during the Q&A. And then, of course, my picture, she was the first one I picked. She got super self-conscious, looked at her mom, like, oh, my God. And then she's like, go for it. And so she's like, I just want to say that this is the best movie I've ever seen. And I was like, oh, you know, I thought my, my inner dog, like, wow, that is a frozen, you know, like, that's awesome. And I said, but of course, I was like, well, why? I was really curious, and why, why, you know? And, and she said, it just made me feel so much. You know what I mean? And I was like, wow, right? 11 years old, and, and there's just all that going on. And, uh, and again, it goes back to the awareness. You know, and just being, um, you know, again, these movies exist. But if I can get my movie in front of teens or even younger, Yahoo is really, I mean, again, they are the future and they're the ones that are going to take us forward and how to live and how to love um, and create more and examples. So if you can accelerate that really, you know. Um, yeah, but again, I would just go to this thing. I really do. I mean, if I travel the country, uh, maybe a little fan of my family <laughs> and show the movie. Uh, I love it. And I do have speaking, you know, I do have, it's a little more curated. I, I do have a, a, a 20 to 45 minute, um, you know, speaking, you know, that kind of, you know, it's a little more structured. Uh, but it's hard. You know, so here, all right, talk about Ripple, all right? I spent, Daniel will, and he'll let you know, so you can witnessed this. I spent two months trying to set up school in Chicago, you know, before I came. No one else coming. I'm going to be there early. I can do a school. I'm available. Um, it's 
farm. Now all these farms, these, you know, it's the end of the year, there's a lot going on, it's testing, there's all this stuff. It's hard to be assembly time, because, you know, and then of course, you know, we should not always have strikes that off the day or two or whatever. It's hard, it's not possible. And so it really, it takes you guys to go, if you're in high school, say, I want to bring this movie to my school. You know, if you know someone, a principal, or someone that can make those kind of decisions, say, I want to bring this film to my school. I want to bring this to the classroom. That, you know, and that's, that helps, that really helps, because I need those applicants, I need those people that be like, you know, let's make this happen. And, and that's really, that's how it happens, you know, I mean, that really is how it happens. So, and you know, the spring is a tough time, absolutely, and, and it was disappointing, it was. I mean, I would love to have done a bunch of schools while I was here, um, and I hope to really line up the fall, and I really hope to, to make it go crazy. I'd love to come back to Chicago do a week of school, and just, you know, do two or three a day, you know, and uh, that would be awesome, you know. Uh, and I do plan on that. Like, I have tentative arrangements already in Boston, so I'm trying to make Boston happen in Portland and D.C. and come back to Chicago, you know, whatever. Um, but, yeah, it's hard, you
but really what I love is doing these kind of events. I love the outreach. I love having this dialogue. And um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's really great to be here. So thank you again, everyone, for coming. for tuning in to the, this week's episode and uh, and I hope you guys enjoyed the live question and answer from the documentary from Cully's Hollywood with director Brian Donovan and uh, if you'd like to sh- share your feedback you can email us feedback at specialchronicles.com that's feedback at specialchronicles.com and look in the show notes for the, the week's episode episode 181 on specialchronicles.com that's uh, episode 181 on specialchronicles.com and I'll put links to um, Cully's Hollywood if you want to find out more information about the film and maybe consider um, uh, bringing this uh, film to uh, uh, your school or um, um, your community um, coming up up on um, the show in a um, week, actually, in a, let's check the calendar. In a week and a half, we'll be live at a CSPO, um award banquet. Um, we'll um, um, uh, um, celebrate 40 years of CSPO. And um, if you like to find them all, we were actually there uh, uh, last year and we were in, invited back. So stay tuned for, for that live uh, um, broadcast um, coming up later this month. And uh, um, st- stay tuned for much more inspiring content on this on uh, Special Chronicles on SpecialChronicles.com. So I look forward to hearing your feedback, and you can join the conversation on our Facebook page. Just look up Special Chronicles on Facebook, or follow us on Twitter or Instagram, and we'd love to connect with you. And I look forward to hearing your feedback. So until next week, until the next episode, everyone take care, and God bless. We'll see you around. Bye. Special Chronicles, giving respect and a voice to people with special needs.